0: Welcome to Learning from Leaders, brought to you by the Mobile Electronics Association. Learning from Leaders was created to offer insights with leaders in the mobile electronics industry with a focus on helping you, the listener, come away with knowledge to grow personally and for your business. I'm your host, Chris Cook, President of the Mobile Electronics Association. At the Mobile Electronics Association, our primary focus is to help you build your business Our education events are designed to provide you with the latest information to help you advance the professionalism and profitability of your business. We accomplish this through our KnowledgeFest trade shows and conferences, Mobile Electronics Magazine, Business Solutions, and great cost saving and business building member benefits. Today, I am happy to have our guest, Mike Anderson, Vice President and General Manager of Alpine Electronics of America. He will be sharing his insights and perspective as it relates to Alpine Electronics and of the mobile electronics industry. Welcome, Mike. Glad to have you today.
1: Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me.
0: So, Mike, tell us a little bit about Alpine Electronics.
1: Well, sure. So, that's uh, you're looking at our, our new headquarters in uh, Auburn Hills, Michigan. Our company, uh, we had a headquarters in Torrance, California up until uh April of 2019, we merged our two companies, our two buildings, and uh, now the entire uh, North American operation works out of that building you see there in uh, Auburn Hills, Michigan, where both the uh, aftermarket, OEM, and Alps teams are uh, all integrated. So if you go to the next page, um, you'll see that uh, Alpine has been in business since 1976. We are, again, located in Auburn Hills. Um, we, we work with um, the OEM side of our business, works with companies like FCA, General Motors, Honda, and many, many others. Um, the aftermarket side of the business uh, works with some of the finest uh, 12-0 retailers in, in the United States. And um, the Alps part of the business, they are one of the foremost parts manufacturers. And now, as the companies merged uh, a year and a half ago, we now can integrate the talents of the Alps folks with the Alpine folks, and we've seen some great synergy uh, since that since that's begun to happen. And I think that'll only improve uh, as as the groups uh, work more closely together uh, moving forward. So, if you go to the next page, you'll see, you know, a history of some of the uh, highlights of our of, of our two companies. Uh, you know, Alpine has uh, we pride ourselves in what we call first one technologies. We, we like to think that we're a pretty innovative company, and uh, we try to come to market with First One Technologies, and we've done so in, in, in many, many cases over the years, and uh, I believe that we will continue to, uh, to do so moving forward, especially with, uh, with the synergy now with our, with our OEM team and the Alps team. I think there's a very, very bright future for our company.
0: Oh well, Thank you, Mike. I appreciate the introduction there, and uh, now it's time to share your experience, Mike. And uh, let me turn the presentation off a bit so we can chat. But Mike, uh, you know, one of the things I can tell you looking at that is I, I we have a uh, framed picture of the Lamborghini out in our uh, warehouse there. So, you know, I, I tend to look at that frequently. And on one of my visits to Alpine years ago, I saw you kind of had a room of history, which was, was pretty phenomenal. So, you know, now that we know about Alpine, how did Mike Anderson get his start in this industry?
1: Yeah, um, I started, um, and working part-time when I was going to college uh, home for summers uh, for a company called Sam Goody. Uh, most people know Sam Goody as a, you know, record company or a, a retailer of records, but they also had a pretty good home audio and musical instrument, uh, department. And I, I worked in those areas, uh, in summers. And then after graduating college, I, I started there and, uh, managed the, uh, the hi-fi and musical instrument area. And then, um, you know, I kind of got burnt out of retail, as many people do. Uh, and we, you know, one thing about Sam Goody was uh, they did a really, really good job training their their sales staff. So we were we were you know the the high end. We you know it's in in today's parlance, you know, we sold at Map or SRI in an environment in New York City where there was a bunch of people selling transship goods way below you know, uh, what, what map pricing was. And we, we were very well trained to overcome those objections and sounds very similar today to what we have with the internet and so forth. So I can definitely relate to what the retail salespeople, uh, go through today when couple are walking their uh, stores with their phones and looking at prices that they see from various, uh, unauthorized internet retailers. And we were trained to overcome that. And we did a good job of that. And uh, again, after, a couple of years of of uh, retail hell. I uh, got to know some of the local sales representatives, and you know, uh, asked them if there were if there was any opportunities to work for their companies. I'd love to go and get a job with one of them. And uh, our Pioneer rep uh, set up an interview for uh, f- with for me with their company, and I got hired by Pioneer and worked as a product specialist, and then a sales rep, and then ultimately a regional manager for Pioneer. Spent ten years there, and then uh, in 1990, I moved over to Alpine. And uh, have been with Alpine ever since in various different roles from district manager to regional manager to national sales manager. spent a couple of years over in the Honda division of our OEM uh, team. And then for the last several years, I've been vice president general manager overseeing the entire uh, aftermarket business. And, um, you know, one thing that that experience has given me is, you know, I've stood in the shoes of just about every role in retail and and manufacturers, so I I think I've got a really good understanding of what these folks do, with the exception of uh, the installers. Uh, thank God, I uh, thank good for for the American public. I never did any installations for people because, I'm not the most handy guy in the world. But uh, apart from that, I've done just about anything you can do in this business. So I think I've got a good understanding of what our retailers and manufacturers reps and manufacturers go
0: through. Awesome, fantastic, uh, quite quite the history, Mike. And uh, so now shifting back to Alpine, Alpine is a premier mobile electronics brand. I think anybody uh, that's in the industry knows that. Um, If I asked most store owners in our industry, they would either be, and especially our members uh, at MEA, they would either be an Alpine dealer or would like to be. Um, So if you could tell our listeners that aren't retailers for Alpine, how can they become an Alpine retailer?
1: Sure. If, if you're interested in becoming an Alpine retailer, uh, the simplest thing to do is to contact your local Alpine sales representatives. We've got representatives all over the country. Uh, in, in most cases, we use uh, independent sales rep firms, but in certain areas, we use uh, manufacturer employees. But uh, the best thing to do is to reach out to your local Alpine representative. We'll come out and take a look at the operation, evaluate. Uh, you know, your, your, your store based on the distribution we've got in the market. And if it makes sense for us, we'll, we, we, can, we can take a look at bringing you on board. Uh, if you're not aware of who your Alpine representative is, you can call Alpine at uh, 248-732-1022. And uh, we can direct you to uh, the, the, the most, uh, most local representative for your uh, area.
0: Yeah, operators are standing by. <laughs> so as we're talking right. about that, so, you know, Alpine as a brand is a limited distribution brand. Can you kind of explain that strategy and why Alpine chooses that strategy?
1: Sure. Um, yeah, I think we're, we're we're very selective about who we do business with, uh, and and you know when we when we enter a channel, uh, we try to do business with the best possible retailers within that channel, uh, be it the twelve volt specialty channel, uh, be it a national. <laughs> A retailer, be it uh, inter- e- e-commerce uh, you know we we look for the best possible retailers within that channel and we try to you know try to align ourselves uh, both both from a commerce point of view but more importantly a strategic point of view and, uh, and 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 do business with as few people as we need to but we you know we've got objectives that we need to hit so we you know we try to maximize the opportunity with each one of our retail partners.
0: Oh, fantastic and that that's good to understand. I, I don't know that everybody really understood. That strategy and I appreciate you explaining it out. So when you think about our space today, the 12-volt marketplace, it's made up of three key sectors, uh, as we see it, big box, online, and the independent specialist. Um, How do you view each one of those? and, And is there a strategy for one over the other? Or is it really three different channels that you're delivering product to?
1: Um, There are, there's, there's overarching strategies for, for, for all channels, but there, you know, there are certain things that, you know, each one of those excels at, Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, the 12 volt specialty channel is, is terrific at introducing and and creating demand for, for, for new products and new categories Uh, and, and they are you know, they, they are the channel that that anybody who's interested in I, I believe the best possible brick and mortar presentation. I think that it, it would go to their 12 volt independent specialists, and they would rec- receive the best possible uh, you know presentation and 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 service. Um, you know, the 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 big boxer for us, Best Buy. Um, you know, they 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 do a good job presenting our product to the masses, both for, you know for in their in their retail stores. And, and their uh, online presence, uh, and then e-commerce. You know, like we 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 do business with about a dozen different e-commerce retailers nationally, mm-hmm. and Petrield being the, the the foremost, I think, uh, the gold standard, if you will, of e-commerce. And uh, you know, they they what they they represent, you know, of course, a big sales opportunity, especially in COVID-19. Mm-hmm. But they do a great job of communicating the brand message. To, to, to companies. And we ask our we ask our e-commerce retailers to provide enhanced content so that when a customer goes to a a an alpine approved e-commerce site, they get the best possible presentation as close to a brick and mortar presentation as you possibly can deliver. And that's what we look for with our e-commerce partners.
0: So you have a pretty broad dealer base, but looking at the independent specialist, how do you reach that dealer base with all the great information that you have on Alpine, like launching new products or even getting feedback on what new products might be?
1: Sure. Um, well, you know, the the, the primary the, the primary source of, of communication to our independent retailers is our sales force. Mm-hmm. And, we you know, we arm them with as much information as possible to to, to educate and enlighten you know our, our retailers to what Alpine is offering and you know what the what the strategy behind the products are, mm-hmm. uh, but we also have you know we have uh, social media and our website and we have a you know a Dropbox it's full of all the assets that we have so that you know we we can get as much information as a retailer, be it a 12 volt specialist or an e-commerce retailer. Uh, needs to make the proper presentation of our brand within their stores. But, you know, you can't, you can't beat face-to-face communication. And we rely upon our sales team to, to deliver that Alpine message, represent the Alpine message, if you will, to our, to our retailers uh, uh, of all shapes and sizes.
0: So, you know, Sue, that when we talk about retailers, there's a lot of new ones getting into the industry. What advice would you give to somebody looking to get into our industry?
1: Uh, well, be patient. Um, but you know, I think you know the, the the business is, in relative terms, it's still fairly easy to get into. I mean, if you can find a an appropriate retail location, and if you get a a staff of people, and then you you know, with set up an installation base so that there's, and then begin relationships with local distributors, and then ultimately local rep representatives and manufacturers. Um, you know, the key though is, you know, the, the, the best advice I could offer is develop good relationships with the vendor community, be it through distribution or be it through on a, on a direct basis. You can't, you, you, you can't beat having great relationships with, with, with business partners in, in the distribution uh, companies and in the direct, uh, be it sales representatives or direct manufacturers. They, they're gonna give you the best possible information, advice and guidance uh, how to run a successful retail location and be successful in this business.
0: Oh, fantastic. So as you're looking at dealers across the country, you probably walked out of one going, man, I wish every dealer conducted business like this one. Now, we're not going to ask you which one that was. Uh, hopefully it would be all of them. But, you know, what do you see um, that more successful dealers are doing that others should emulate?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and, and, you know, back when, and I'll, I'll go back to when I was a sales representative or a, or a regional manager, you know, when, 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 when one of our representatives would take us to a prospective dealer, the very first thing I would do was take a look at the outside of the store. And, and what, what does the outside of the store look like? Because that's the very first impression that you give your customers. So I think the first thing is you start with a really, really clean outside of the store. Then when you come into the store, it's clean, it's well-merchandised. And and then you hire friendly and knowledgeable people, both in the staff and and in the back end of your business with the installation staff. Uh, I think, you know, high-quality installation and and application is key to really make you special. And these guys are retail specialists and you've got to be special. So I think, you know, having the best possible service front end and rear end is, 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 important. And then you need to develop a plan, um, you know, and, and, and you need to be prepared for that plan to, 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 to have some, some things that don't work out very well, but that business plan has got to include ongoing promotion of your business. You've got to let people know who you are uh, you got to let people know what you stand for, and 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 so it's got to have you know an ongoing promotional uh, plan, and then you know the, the the final thing is having a touched upon already you know solid consistent vendor relationships. Um, yeah. I think you know when customers walk into any retail store, um, it's great to see that that retailer identifies with a few brands that when you walk in you do, okay, if I'm interested in this brand, this retailer is the one that's gonna give me the best possible presentation because I can really see a presence for that brand. Um, and so yeah, it, it's clean location, great people, good business plan and solid vendor relationships.
0: You know, fantastic advice. And you know, speaking of clean environment, all of us uh, have had to clean our environments a little more than others. Uh, but from an unfortunate virus that's, uh, that's plaguing our world right now. Um, But thinking of COVID-19 and the effect it's had on the car electronics industry, what effect do you think that it's going to have for the future of our industry after it's largely gone?
1: Yeah, I mean, hard to say. Um, I I think that we have all been uh, completely blown away by the way our business has flourished in, in this environment. Um, you know, when, when, when things shut down in mid-March, um, you know, we were all, you know, it was Armageddon, you know, we, we were concerned that, that you, know, w- you know, when would business come back and what would it look like when it did? Uh, and then, you know, luckily in starting in May and, and it's been building, you know, exponentially since then, our business has been exploding since then. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I, I like to think that that's going to continue. Um, but I think some of the what, what's, what's taken place within retail stores is they've, they've had an opportunity to, to kind of revisit their store and, and come up with uh, sanitizing guidelines and, and social distancing guidelines within their stores. And, and the retailers, I think, that have been quickest to adopt to that have been the retailers that have been the most successful. And I think it's important yeah. that you promote that. That you know, I, you when you come to my store, you'll have a safe environment. You'll have you know, we'll sanitize your vehicle before we work on it. After we work on it, you know, so on and so forth. So I think retailers are are wise to promote that and 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 create that comfort level uh, for for consumers because you know I think that um, as you know with with people being concerned about social distancing, you might be more apt to go to a any retail location where you. We expect to see fewer people than maybe we to expect to see more people. So I think, you know, this is a good time for independent specialists.
0: Well, a good time, yes, but I've heard from many retailers that are running into inventory shortages with many of their manufacturers. Can you really, can you explain the reason for this?
1: Sure. Um, how much time do you have? Um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it really, it, it had its beginning in mid-March when, when, when we went into lockdown. And you know manufacturers like us, and I can imagine that you know all of all of my peers, you know took a look at their business forecasts and and severely cut them back. And we certainly did that. And um, and then because business abruptly stopped, mm-hmm. and then so then you, you get into to May and business so business begins to improve, but when you cut your forecast back, it takes ninety to one hundred and twenty days. To get that back up to speed, so you know we are all struggling with getting that speed. And then you know, not only did manufacturers cut their forecasts back, but so too did the factories cut their parts forecasts back to the folks that they uh, received their parts from. So there's been issues, you know, acquiring long lead time parts and so on and so forth. That's made it challenging to uh, to keep up with the unbelievable demand that we've seen. And then you know, speaking of that demand. You know, we thought that, for instance, in the in the beginning of June, when we do our monthly you know inventory meeting, that we knew what we had a good sense of what we thought business would look like in June and July, and then June you know exploded beyond our wildest imagination, our biggest month since 2014 in terms of water input, and then July exceeded that. So, so the plan that you had in June became not a great plan in July when your business. So it, it's we're we're playing you know we're doing the best we can to scramble and get caught up, and then. You know, be as responsible as we possibly can about making sure that each channel that we work with gets an appropriate amount of goods to keep them healthy and in, and in business. But it's been a very very difficult but exciting time and and completely unforeseen.
0: So, if you had to give advice to your retailers on how to how to manage inventory during this time, what would that be?
1: Do not plan on just-in-time inventory. Um, right. it, it's 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 safe to. You know, it what whatever your payment terms are with that manufacturer, order enough goods to stay within those payment payments. Sell through, pay your bill, and, and be able to and be able to move forward. But because just in time inventory does not work in this environment.
0: Yeah, Mike. Even looking at uh, the data that comes into MEA, uh, you know, as you stated, June and then July was even even greater than June. And uh, you know, now we're we're midway through August, which puts us you know halfway. We're at the halfway point through. Uh, The third quarter of this this year. Yeah. Um, What do you see for the rest of the year for the mobile electronics industry? I mean, putting the crystal ball on anybody's guess, uh, but do you think we'll continue with this rate?
1: I I do. Yeah. I mean, we're we're pretty confident that these conditions are going to continue at least through the election, and 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 probably through the end of the calendar year, and and you know, and hopefully beyond. Um, You know, we've been you know, so pleasantly surprised about the increase uh, in interest and demand for our products. And, and, you know, I think stimulus money has played a role in that. Um, but I also think that, that people that uh, continue to work are spending money on on things rather than experiences. And yeah. so, you know, that's, that's driven our business. And so that people who would normally take a vacation may not be taking a vacation, but, you know, Americans like to spend money so, yeah. you know, they're spending it on things, and, and we've absolutely been the benefactor
0: of that. Uh, that well, that, nothing wrong with that, and we'll, uh, we'll all take it as an industry. Um, you know, in looking at that, the, uh, do you see any in car electronics trends coming, out, coming from this pandemic? Something, you know, as you mentioned, people less experienced, more in the vehicle. Uh, for instance, I know that uh, you have some uh, Jeep products that are fantastic and you, that handle a lot of the outdoors folks. I imagine folks with Jeeps are, are getting out probably more than vacationing. Um, is that affecting anything?
1: Yeah, I think the, the, the first, I, I guess, trend that we've seen is um, the resurgence in DIY installation huh. um, you know, with, with people at home. Um, there's been, you know, there's been, first of all, our, our online business has been terrific and many of those people um, are, are installing those products themselves. And then, you know, we, we know that because um, our tech support lines have been, you know, bombarded uh by do-it-yourselfers trying to figure out their way through uh an installation of one of our products into their cars and you know i think that in many many cases there's a there's a probably good population of those people that ultimately throw their arms up in the air and and head to their local independent specialist to to complete what they thought they could do on their own
0: yeah especially Um, if they're programming modules and things of that nature yeah
1: Sure, but that's, that's been a, a near-term trend of, of, of this uh, environment. And then, you know, from a product standpoint, you know, I, I think I, I can't say that any one product has, you know, skyrocketed among others. Thank goodness we've had a lift in, in all the categories of product that we sell. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder if there's not a, uh, a, 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 a cottage industry for uh, products that disinfect the vehicle or keep the air pure inside of a vehicle and i think there's a there's a customer there's probably a customer demand for that going forward and actually we sell those products in, in 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 japan in a very small way and we may be bringing something like that into the united states
0: oh that would be fantastic um so at this we're about midway through i want to let everybody know that there is a q and a question and answer button in your uh in what you're using and we would love to hear from you and get some questions. Mike said he'll take any question you can ask and answer it honestly or quietly. <laughs> but before that, as you're asking your questions, I wanna ask you, Mike, you know, year over year as Alpine Electronics, you have to continue to bolster that brand and show people that you're adding value. What are you doing now to add value to the line and in general?
1: Yeah, I, I can speak to that in, in, in a couple of ways, Chris. Um, you know, I, I'll 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 get to hardware in a minute, but um, you know, two years ago we we started a um, an approach for what we call direct consumer marketing, mm-hmm. and 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 that's taken on many many different shapes and forms. Um, so, for for instance, um, you know, we have we have been running pre-pandemic we have been running uh, dealer events of, of many different types. So we, we, we have what we call experience events, where we've got um, six different experienced trucks uh, across the United States that are outfitted with, with Alpine gear, uh, each of them operated by our brand specialists. And uh, last year we did over 150 uh, dealer events in store, uh, where we would announce the fact that we're coming and, and we would, you know, show up with our, with our truck and tents and so on and so forth and um, help the dealers throughout the day present and sell Alpine. And, you know, it was a great opportunity for us to work individually with the sales teams and the installation teams while our brand specialist was there. Uh, and then as cons- as customers would come in, we would pitch our products with, in conjunction with the retailer and, and, and that helped the retailer, you know, do a lot of Alpine business that day, but there was also nice residual business uh, that took place following those events. Um, At the same time, we learned a lot from our consumers about what they like, what they don't like about Alpine. And that's really the best benefit of these events is we get to learn directly from customers what they like and what they don't like, things that we can apply uh, to, to future products. And then we do... In addition to the individual dealer events, we do big Jeep lifestyle events. We do about, we we would do in a typical year, about 12 of those across the country where, you know, thousands of Jeep owners descend upon a particular location. And we work with a retail partner and we sell gear and install gear on site uh, at at those events. And so we're doing the best we can to help our retailers, you know, hone their game with Alpine, if you will, and, and, and bring more value to the brand. In addition, we put, you know, dealer assets inside the stores um, uh, with like like displays and so on and so forth. They would provide a consumer with a complete Alpine uh, presentation. So going directly to consumer and letting them experience a full system of Alpine gear. And we've done that over the past several years and will continue. Uh, we've got a plan for some new displays. that will be coming out this year and into the future. So our, our, from a, strategic go-to- market standpoint we, we want to be doing more and more direct consumer marketing activities and then from a, from a hardware point of view we, we, we see that many co- consumers buy their they don't buy they don't always buy a complete system at once so we're trying to you know help them on their upgrade path by you know by uh, introducing appropriate add-on products like like our power stack, mono and four-channel amplifier mm-hmm. that bolts on the back of our very, very popular um, ILXW650 uh, audiovisual product. Uh, we're introducing new subwoofer enclosures. We've, not, we've really not been in the subwoofer enclosure business in a big way, but we're entering that business with a very, very unique concept, stacking concept, where you could buy one and then buy a second one later on, and then bolt them together, and now you've got a dual subwoofer system. Uh, six channel amplifier in, in in the Jeep space. We're about to introduce a sound bar that upgrades the sound in a Jeep. So we're we're mm-hmm. trying to, you know, take customers who may have started in in a in, in a small way and give them a path of upgrade uh, within the brand.
0: Fantastic, Mike. I appreciate the answer there. Good answer. Um, that really gives us a lot of insight into your strategy uh, of how you've been adding value to the line. You know, both for retailers and for the consumers. Um, you know, and tying in, you know, one of the questions that came in: What might we expect uh, from Alpine with new innovative products? Uh, you, you mentioned the hand sanitizer or the sanitizing stuff, and a couple of questions have come in to uh, what type of products. So uh, I'll try to pull that out of you, and if sure. that doesn't um, work, uh, we'll find out what your favorite song is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks, Jim. Uh, actually, um, we we have a um, an, an overhead monitor system. That's got air purification that that can can purify the air uh, in the vehicle as you're watching movies. That's available in Japan. Uh, we are thinking about bringing that in, and they, they you know so that's that's the 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 the, the first product of that type uh, that that we're intru- that we've introduced already, and we're looking at uh, possibly uh, bringing that into the uh, U.S.
0: So, any plan for uh, action cams in the future?
1: Um we have a suite of uh rear um uh rear monitors Mm -hmm. uh and and also front cams i we 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 don't have a a current roadmap for an action cam but we're always looking at 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 new and innovative products
0: so the traditionally the mobile electronics industry has been known for its sound category auto sound category trends have been showing safety category growing. Uh, what do you think the top three categories will be three to five years from now? And what do you expect audio upgrades to be do you still see them in the top three?
1: Well, I, I do see safety, uh, and, and, and safety products as, as a, as an opportunity. Um, you know, I think, one of the I, perhaps frustration points for some of our retailers is how those products are in the market already in OEM prior in ahead of aftermarket in many cases. And, and I think the challenge that, we, that any manufacturer has is, is, is taking a one-to-many. Uh, you know, when, when, you, when you're building a product for a specific vehicle, there are challenges, but there are a whole lot more challenges when you're uh, developing a product that's got to be uh, installed in any vehicle. So that's one of the. As we look at the future, that we, we see a few we see a bright future there. But you know, doing the one to many uh, application presents different challenges. Um, you know, traditional audio, I believe, will 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 continue. I think um, you know it'll be more and more. I think head unit business as mm-hmm. as as vehicles age, and the vehicles that are the the head units that are in today's vehicles are very very difficult to remove. So, you know, we've got to be looking at, at integration products. Uh, and I believe that there is a very, very, there'll always be a very, very strong uh, demand for sound, upgraded sound. Mm. And so, you know, we, we have, you know, we, we believe strongly that what, whatever the dashboard business looks like 10 years from now, there'll still be a very, very robust upgraded sound market. And, and, and you know, we'll, we'll be there to deliver it.
0: Well, fantastic. Well, that keeps, keeps that uh, in the top three. Um, what is your or Alpine's opinion on influence marketing?
1: Um, we have early. Well, let me, let me go back several years when we were uh, when we were very very heavily focused in the Jeep business. We we engaged with uh, a group of influencers, and um, you know we saw some success there, where their where, where their their influence created additional and further demand for our products. Um, we are currently not uh, participating to a great degree in that. Uh, but we look at our, you know, in some sense we look at our own retailers as influencers and we ask them to to be very, very active on social media and, and, and so forth to, to to you know to influence their consumers and then you know have that information put on our social media platforms so that you know one plus one equals more than two.
0: Oh, fantastic. So Mike, in, in broad strokes, and I don't want to drill down to this, what's your perspective as it relates to the future of the mobile electronics industry uh, for the retailers, both online and brick and mortar? Our online business, you know, in, in general, in our industry seems to be almost a 50-50 split if you look at some of the, the polling. Um, but I don't know how big online is, to be honest with you, look, you know, as, as we're talking. Um, but where do you see, you know, for a strategy for an online and brick and mortar, Who has the advantage and why?
1: Um, Well, I I think there are in in, in this business, you know, uh, however brick and more, I mean, however e-commerce business grows, and it certainly is growing in particular now, um, there will always be a need for uh, that experience that a customer can only have when you are sitting in a vehicle or sitting in, in front of a retail display and, and experiencing those products firsthand. And there's, there's nothing that, that substitutes for that. Um, so, you know, we, we believe that there will always be a, a strong uh, market in, in, in brick and mortar, but we also understand and, and recognize that, uh, that the e-commerce business will, will, will grow. And I think, Consumers are, you know, there's the, you know it's, it's no secret that many, many, that most consumers before they buy something will go and research it online. And I think, you know, the, the, the primary, the best e-commerce retailers um, have the best quality information and presentation for whatever products they sell. And then should the consumer feel like they've gotten satisfied with the level of information that's been presented, they, they, they may choose to buy it online. Many do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but some people have the additional curiosity of wanting a demonstration or to experience that product, uh, you know, live in, 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 in a living color, if you will. And so that's why I believe that there'll be always a, um, a need and a, and and a, and a strong purpose for, um, brick and mortar uh, retail locations.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and looking at that, that does make sense, um, you know, in general, I know we have Knowledge Fest Dallas coming up in December, and we're actually doing a Knowledge Fest live event, which will be available both in person and online. So we're doing a little bit of both. Um, I know Alpine has been a longtime supporter of Knowledge Fest. What do you feel the the strengths of Knowledge Fest are, and why should retailers attend the event?
1: Um, I, I believe that Knowledge Fest serves a good purpose for independent retailers. And and you know, I think the, the information that they get both from an education point of view and from a interaction with with vendors and a more intimate interaction with vendors than they can at other trade shows is is particularly important. Um, I, I, I believe though that you know the education and and that, that, that's offered there in, in addition to the networking that that a retailer can can experience by you know peer to peer communication i think is 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 critically important and and you know i i've heard many retailers you know over the years say that you know that they they can't afford to attend knowledge fest and I, and I, I i always you know kind of push back and say you know i, I don't think you should look at knowledge fest as uh, an expense i think you should look at it as an investment mm-hmm. um, you know, you're you're investing in your business and and you know those investments will pay off um, if if you if you apply yourself while you're there and you you just um, you know really you know immerse yourself in everything that's possible and available to you at KnowledgeFest. You know they are um, they, you know these are valuable events. Um, you know the event business right now is uh, is, is on hold. Uh, I know that uh, Dallas is upcoming in December, but, you know, for us, uh, you know, I talked earlier about uh, all the various events that we participate in and, and, and you know, we put them all on hold and, you know, we're taking a look and see attitude to see, you know, to, to ensure, you know, the health and safety of our people mm-hmm. uh, and, and, the, and, the, and the folks that, that, that attend. But, um,
0: Mike, I seem to have lost you there for a moment. So while we wait for Mike to come back, um, Alpine has been a longtime supporter of the Mobile Electronics Association, and uh, I know that he was getting ready to share some of that. For Alpine Electronics, Alpine Electronics has been involved in the Knowledge Fest events for years and uses it as an opportunity to educate their retailers and their members Um, you know, in person. And while we may not be able to have uh, the same event, we are having the event and it will allow you to get education both online and at the event live for those that you can attend. We're all hoping that December will be a much better position uh, as a country and as a world to allow for us to come together again uh, as a live event. And uh, I tell you, I, I miss a lot of you. So, Seeing you, uh, you know, in person would be fantastic. So I do look forward to again, having our event and we will have it in December, whether it's live and in person or whether it's digital. But for right now, we're planning for both. So no matter what, you can expect a great experience in December. So I hate that we lost Mike before we finished up Uh, We had one more great question for him, and I'll see if I can get him to answer it online for us and add it to the podcast. Hang on just a minute. All right. So, as we're wrapping things up, I thank you for taking the time to listen to learning from leaders from the Mobile Electronics Association, be on the lookout for an upcoming learning from leaders event. Uh, Look out in your email, look out on Facebook, and we'll try to get that right in front of you, right in time for you to hear from one of the leaders in our industry. If you'd like to be involved in the program, please contact us. You can reach me at info at mobile-electronics.com. And if you'd like more information on the Mobile Electronics Association, including Mobile Electronics Magazine and KnowledgeFest trade event, please go to mobile-electronics.com. Thank you so much, and we look forward to seeing you soon.